Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then he then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 127 of Grow Bud Yourself. We got a great one in store for you guys. We're going to talk some weed news. We're going to do our Prime Superior gift box giveaway. Our interview is with Stoned Ninja of Dojo Seed Co. And uh, we got a cultivation segment too, Strain of the Fortnite. I'm going to be talking solventless extracts, answering your listener grow questions. Episode 127 brought to you by Seeds Here Now. Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients, Prime Superior Inoculants, and Excelsior Extracts. Coming at you. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. Sweet Leaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. So check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweet Leaf. That's 15% off the signature line of nutrients, as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits, grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you actually get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. And all paid Patreon supporters receive free Sweet Leaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15 for 15% off. All right, welcome back. And as always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. Love the tune. Uh, definitely sets the tone for the rest of the show. So thank you to you guys. Follow them on uh, social media. If you can, DJ Jacques, WBLK Sound, and Winstrong, the reggae singer Winstrong. So uh, thank you guys. It's episode number 127. How you feeling, Mike? I'm good. So not the uh, not the certified public accountant, Winstrong, but the... Uh, <laughs> no, the, the reggae, reggae singer. singer. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Now. Important to clarify that. Right. <laughs> I'm doing for well. Sure. Uh, excited for EP 127. We got a lot going on this episode. A lot of good stuff happening, including a giveaway, right? Yeah, absolutely. We have our giveaway. Uh, last episode, we said uh, we would send a Prime Superior gift box featuring... Prime Superior, uh, you know, their inoculant, their uh, cloning gel, T-shirts, all kinds of cool stuff uh, from Prime Superior, our sponsor. And the winner is Daniel B. Uh, I've contacted you on Patreon. So uh, if you're listening, uh, please check your Patreon messages. Uh, I have an email for you too, so I'll reach out. But uh Hopefully you will get the message, but thank you so much for joining our Patreon at the Healthy Seedlings level. Uh, and everyone who's on there, thank you guys. Uh, really, truly appreciate it. Uh, we're going to be streaming a lot more on there, doing some live streams and all kinds of cool stuff. So uh, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Um, that's the best way 
you can individually support the show. Um, you know, aside from, you know, buying merch, listening, telling your friends, um, this is a way for just the cost of a cup of coffee, even cheaper than most coffee at this point, especially if you drink cold brew, uh, $4.20 a month. Uh, you can get on there. You can support us. You can see uh, extra added clips and, and all kinds of, uh, you know, additional extras for you guys that are, are are true supporters of the show. So thank you guys. Thank you, Daniel B. And uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, for the price of a cup of coffee, you could support two aging stoners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, there's higher levels on there too. There's a $10 yeah. level, there's a $42 and $25 level per month. You get a bunch of free cool stuff. You get a copy yeah. of my book. You get all kinds of uh, um, stuff from Sweet Leaf. Uh, gear and we're going to be uh, doing more giveaways too so um that's right yeah excellent please so please join definitely um the other thing i thought maybe we should bring up here uh it's something that we've been talking about a little bit on the show and we got a message from actually uh oh no this was on facebook uh from chucky who wrote um hey guys i just listened to your recent episode where you mentioned a goal of establishing grow bud yourself academy I'm very interested in this and would love to see the New York homegrow community come out of the shadows. I have patients that would really benefit. Uh, I also want to up my game. So, yeah, thanks, Chucky, for the support. And um, I think we're we're, we're going to make this a reality. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm working on it as we speak. Uh, putting together Grow Bud Yourself Academy, some courses. Uh, not just a grow class, though. We're going to make it fun. We're going to have it be... Um, sort of a meet and greet, hopefully a live podcast taping as well. Um, we're going to start off here in New York City, um, preferably work and roll, which is a great venue uh, in Chelsea and Manhattan. Uh, and yeah, we're hoping to make this into a whole series of grow classes that we're going to do um, just teaching home grow because it's legal. And as for, you know, in June, it'll be fully legal for anyone in New York uh, over the age of 21 to grow their six plants per person or 12 per household. Um, so I want to get ahead of that and start teaching people. You get a free copy of my book. Um, you get free stuff from our sponsors. And yeah, I'm very excited for that. That's going to be uh, kicking off in the early spring here in New York. And we're going to hope to take that all over the country and hopefully all over the world. You know, that's the plan. So uh, stick around, you know, keep keep listening and you'll be finding out a lot more about uh, Grow Bud Yourself Academy teaching home grow and much, much more. We're going to have a whole marketplace, hopefully, where you can purchase equipment uh, for growing, grow tents, lighting, everything you need, even uh, some genetics, seeds, clones. Uh, you can try certain strains before you grow them as well. So we're really trying to make this a whole interactive workshop, farmer's market, uh, marketplace, and fun time, you know, smoke out, uh, get some catering for lunch and all kinds of cool things. So um, definitely, uh, you know, stay around and I will keep you posted on that development. Thank you for asking about it and thanks for your support. Yeah, thank you, Chucky. And uh, yeah, you guys, we're going to keep you posted on that. So keep tuning in as that becomes uh, closer and closer to a real thing that we are doing. And um, I guess at this point, Maybe we should talk a little news. Yeah, yeah. It's been a little while, so let's uh, let's catch up on what's going on out there in the world of cannabis. Yeah, well, uh, the first thing that caught my eye is Pennsylvania. So this is kind of exciting. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro, he's pushing 
for the Keystone State to legalize pot during a uh, fiery budget address. If you could have a fiery budget address, I guess you can. Um, but he had a, a fiery budget address earlier this week. Uh, the governor said that he is, quote, sick and tired of losing to friggin' Ohio, end quote, when it comes to legalizing marijuana, along with other issues. In addition to his call for enacting adult-use cannabis in Pennsylvania, Shapiro is also encouraging expungements of past pot convictions in an effort to, as he put it, quote, right some of the wrongs of prohibition. So uh, the governor is calling on state legislature, uh, state legislators to pass an adult-use bill, which he says he would sign as soon as it hits his desk. Uh, Shapiro's perspective is shared by his constituents, it would seem, as a new poll found that 63% of registered Pennsylvania voters support legalizing cannabis. And analysts estimate that Pennsylvania could bring in around $14.8 million in tax revenue in the first year of retail sales alone. So that's pretty good. And I would imagine both sides of the aisle can get behind that. Yeah, we hope, you know, and I hope that they also include home grow, exp obviously expungement uh, and social equity for sure. And uh, it seems like they have pretty good leadership in Pennsylvania at the moment. So um, whether it's the governor, the senators, um, yeah. Uh, I I hope they can get it done as soon as possible, and uh, you know, friggin' Ohio can keep <laughs> keep keep doing what they're doing. But friggin' uh, Ohio, PA PA can can step up and do the do their thing. And like I said, homegrow is very important, so keep fighting for that as well. If you're in Pennsylvania, contact your reps and let them know. For sure. All right, and yeah, from Pennsylvania, let's let's take a trip down to Florida, and voters in Florida might have the opportunity to legalize recreational cannabis on Election Day this November. However, before adult-use pot is legal in Florida, in fact, before we even know for sure if recreational marijuana will even appear on the ballot, lawmakers in the Sunshine State are already attempting to preemptively cap THC in pot products, um, a bill that would limit recreational flour to 30% THC or less past the Senate earlier this week. At first, the THC restriction bill proposed to set a limit of just 10% THC for all recreational cannabis in Florida. Fortunately, an amendment to the bill changed that limit to 30%. Uh, the measure would also cap concentrates at 60% THC and uh, would limit edibles to 10 milligrams a serving with a max of 200 milligrams per package. Generally speaking, capping THC in legal marijuana states is a really good way to keep the black market thriving and deprive the state of uh, much-needed tax revenue. However, once again, should it pass, the THC limit bill would only take effect if Florida legalizes cannabis. And while capping THC before pot is even legal is unusual, it seems to indicate a couple of things. Number one, Florida lawmakers appear confident that cannabis will be legalized if voters have their say. And two, they're not thrilled about it. Uh, Florida's Attorney General Ashley Moody opposes legalization, and she's attempting to block the legalization measure from appearing on the ballot, despite activists collecting close to a million signatures supporting the measure. Moody has succeeded in convincing the courts to block a legalization measure from the ballot. She did that in 2022, and the fate of this year's ballot placement once again will be decided by the courts. Should the measure actually appear on the ballot this year, it would need to receive at least 60% of the vote in order to pass, as it's a constitutional amendment. 
The most recent poll released by the Florida Chamber of Commerce found that 57 percent of voters support legalization in Florida, which is just shy, if my math is correct, of uh, 60 <laughs> percent. Uh, however, other recent surveys indicate plenty of support, uh, including a poll from the University of North Florida, which found that 67 percent of voters in Florida favor the legalization initiative. Uh, you know, I just don't understand why we allow these politicians to stand in the way of, of what the public wants. It's so right. strange that, you know, they're there to represent their constituency and, and yet somehow they they put their own personal feelings into it more so than what they're there to do. And what they've been voted to do. So I don't know. I'm I just hope people start voting more wisely, you know, and, and really just push out these old timey politicians that want to tell us how to live and uh, bring in, you know, people who actually represent their you know, the majority of, of their uh, their voters and the constituency. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually kind of funny because Tennessee also is having this argument about a, a legalization ballot initiative for Election Day this year, um, and they're fighting about whether or not to put it on the ballot. But even if it goes on the ballot, the results would be non-binding, meaning that lawmakers are under absolutely no obligation to actually follow through if legalization passes there, which would basically make that ballot initiative sort of a glorified poll. But yeah, um, ridiculous. And I, I should also say that THC limits are stupid as well. I mean, extremely ridiculous. And like you said, it's it's just boosts the underground marketplace while hindering uh, whatever legal possibilities there are. So it's really silly. Well, if you want to continue being upset, let's quickly go to Texas. So as you know, nearly half the country has legalized adult use cannabis. 24 states and the District of Columbia have legalization laws on the books. But what do you do if you live in one of the remaining states that has not and likely will not legalize anytime soon? One option is decriminalizing cannabis within a city. And in Texas, five cities have opted to do that. They've de they've decriminalized. In 2020, Austin City Council directed police not to press charges on anyone with less than four ounces of pot. And in 2022, the voters in San Marcos, Killeen, Elgin, and Denton overwhelmingly approved decriminalization through ballot measures. While this may seem like a good option for cities that would prefer the police focus on actual crime, the Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton disagrees with you. Paxton is suing the five cities over decriminalization of cannabis for, quote, instructing police not to enforce Texas drug laws concerning possession and distribution of marijuana. According to A.G. Paxton, psychologists have increasingly linked marijuana to psychosis and other negative consequences. Uh, local law enforcement has already been pushing back against decriminalization at the city level, and that pushback was enough to cause a sixth Texas city, Parker Heights, to ignore the will of the voters and drop a decriminalization ordinance just weeks after it was passed by residents there. And one more Paxton quote for good measure. Uh, he says, this is the attorney general of the state. He said, I will not stand idly by as cities run by pro-crime extremists deliberately violate Texas law and promote the use of illicit drugs that harm our communities. So I suppose things are so good in Texas that the attorney general can devote his time and resources to undermining the will of the voters to decriminalize cannabis. Yeah, more silliness from politicians that just don't uh, follow what 
the will of the people. It's just craziness. I don't know. And they got bigger fish to fry in Texas, as far as I can tell. It and they like to fry crazy. them in Texas. So. <laughs> Everything's um, bigger in Texas, including... Uh, including assholes. Bigger douchebag politicians. <laughs> like uh, let's just do one more, because it wouldn't be a, a GBY show without talking about rescheduling slash descheduling. Uh, so as our listeners know, the DEA is considering how cannabis is classified in the Controlled Substances Act. Of course, marijuana is currently a Schedule One drug with no accepted medical value and a high potential for abuse. Uh, the review was called for by the Biden administration in October of 2022. So far, the health department has weighed in. They recommended the cannabis be moved, rescheduled to Schedule 3. Uh, that recommendation has been backed by the FDA and NIDA, the National Institute on Drug Abuse. But that is not good enough for some state Democrats who are now pushing for descheduling cannabis. Yes, thank you. According to a letter from 12 lawmakers led by Elizabeth Warren and John Fetterman, quote, the case for removing marijuana from Schedule 1 is overwhelming. The DEA should do so by removing cannabis from the CSA altogether rather than simply placing it in a lower schedule, end quote. Uh, the letter was also signed by Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Uh, previously, 31 bipartisan lawmakers led by Oregon Representative Earl Blumenauer sent the DEA a letter asking the agency to consider the benefits of legalization and making clear that they are disappointed in simply rescheduling as opposed to descheduling it entirely. In response, the DEA reminded everyone that it has the final authority to schedule, reschedule, or deschedule any drug under the Controlled Substances Act. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess everybody knows I'm all for descheduling for sure. I think Schedule 3 is not a great option. Of course, it's better than Schedule 1, but it also kind of hands the pharmaceutical industry a lot of our culture and community. So I, I don't love it. Uh, I, I certainly promote descheduling, and I would hope that that's what happens um, for sure. It's a little bit of a look at what's going on in the world of cannabis, but uh, don't quit on us now because we have a really exciting interview coming up. Absolutely. Uh, someone I've wanted to talk to for a long time, Stone Ninja of Dojo Seed Co. He represents a new breed of breeder, <laughs> uh, pun intended, and uh certainly has some interesting uh, tips and, and creations, including ninja fruit, which is uh, quite popular, as well as many others. So uh, why don't we take a break uh, and come back with Stone Ninja of Dojo Seed Co. Whether you're growing from seed or from clone, Prime Superior's simple, safe, and effective products can take your cultivation program to the next level, helping to produce higher quality, naturally healthier plants. Prime Superior offers a two-step process that will benefit any garden. This is possible thanks to Prime Superior's proprietary strain of Bovaria bassania, which is optimized for plants and sets up a symbiosis that increases terpenes, cannabinoids, and yield. Simply coat your seeds to inoculate and aid rapid germination or dip your clone cutting with the world's first biological cloning honey to improve growth the way nature intended. Next, continue maintenance of your crop with foliar or fog applications of Prime Superior's Drench, which will boost your plant's growth and ensure a heavy harvest. Best of all, the Drench will work with already established gardens so anyone at any stage of growth can achieve a cleaner crop with better results. 
I've used this stuff on my own cannabis plants and house plants, and it works amazing. I love the cloning honey. I love the boost uh, th that you get from using the drench. Uh, and I just think all your plants will benefit from this, green up and grow better. And honestly, grow more of the essential oils that we're after, the terpenoids and flavonoids and all of that. Um, so now is the time to try Prime Superior, the world's first biological cloning honey. And Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use this code PS420 for 15% off your entire order at primesuperior.com. So don't hesitate, inoculate, and visit primesuperior.com today to learn more. All right. Welcome back, you guys. We have a very special guest on this episode. want to welcome to the show Stoned Ninja from Dojo Seed Co. Welcome. Hey, how's it going, Danny? Absolutely great. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, got to know uh, a little bit about you from uh, meeting you a few times here at different events here in New York and all around, and I'm very excited to speak to you. Uh, but first, let's get into just how you got interested in cannabis to begin with, how you got involved uh, in in breeding and, and growing. Uh, just take me back to uh, a young ninja uh, just getting interested <laughs> in, uh, in, in cannabis and, and how all that evolved. Yeah, so the first time I had the pleasure of uh, experiencing cannabis was seventh grade summer, smoking uh, with some friends. He had a girlfriend at, at the time that kind of snuck some weed from her older sister. It was just some old school brick weed. We smoked out of a, like a Mexican soapstone pipe that she got on a carnival cruise line or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I smoked, smoked a few bowls and actually got stoned my first time, which was really nice. Um, from there, uh, my friends and I were just big fans of cannabis. By ninth grade, we started popping bag seed out by the LA River. There's a spot over by like the 405, where the 405 and 605 freeway meet. There's like a water canal runoff, and there's a lot, a lot of BMX bikers that would uh, build jumps and stuff over there. So we kind of talked with them, started popping bag seeds, and they kind of looked over the plants while we we're at school and stuff. Harvested the the gnarliest hermed out plant you probably have ever seen. There's First, we thought we were doing something cool because all these herm sites were like, wow, look at all this cool stuff, man. We're going to have some super weed. Ended up being just really seedy, seedy, just bag seed weed. Um, <laughs> a lot of light leaks from all those street lights and stuff. We didn't know what we were doing. Uh, so from there, we just started educating ourselves, talking with other like-minded people. Um, some of their friends started getting on forums. So we started networking with other growers and acquiring just better genetics and stuff and being taught best practices and how to become better growers and stuff. Um, from there, uh, just kind of got more deep into the cannabis scene. Went to my first High Times Cup in 2012. I remember stopping by Sin City Seas and trying their blue power, and that just completely blew my mind. Um, I had some Chem 91 that I, I grew from a California Sea Connection and uh, was able to meet Swerve and show him like, my finished product. Um, from there, I linked up with some people through Sin City Seeds, started helping them out just with like, at the booths and stuff, just kind of like internship, getting the like 
understanding the the lay of the land, like the landscape of cannabis at the time, as far as events, getting my feet wet. After helping Don and the guys at Sensity Seeds, uh, my buddy Nerd contacted me with uh, Vader from Ocean Ground Seeds. So from there, I was brought in. Uh, we helped started getting things going. I brought in a lot of genetics, did a lot of selections and stuff at the time because uh, Vader was in between moving and was just in an apartment and had a tent literally like right next to his bed. So had a bunch of space and opportunity to pop a lot of the, uh, the genetics and kind of help revamp Ocean Grown. Um, from there, uh, we had a split and then I started Dojo Seco and uh, just been rocking from there and pushing my genetics and the nursery stuff nice nice and that would have been right around like what 2018 or so when you when you uh started up yeah i want to say like 2018 2017 i was hanging mm -hmm. out with uh sin city seeds around like 2012 2013 nice nice so um some of the strains uh you're known for as the creator uh particularly of course ninja fruit i think that's like uh, one of the most popular that I've uh, encountered for sure. Ninja Smash, Purple Pie, um, just a bunch of really interesting stuff. And so tell me a little bit about just sort of your your breeding philosophy, sort of, you know, how you go about uh, creating something brand new. Um, usually it's it's efficacy or flavors or certain traits I go for. Like, for example, the Ninja Fruit. When that one, my whole purpose with Ninja Fruit was at the time, it, it was like CBD craze. Everyone was starting to really jump on CBD and talk about the benefits of CBD. <clears throat> I wanted to make a strain that was kind of like, would still give you a lot of those CBD and other cannabinoid effects um, without it being just straight, you know, high CBD, low THC. So Ninja Fruit, very purple. Um, it's great for edibles because the the cyanine in there, all the what makes it purple, right? A lot of things like fruits and vegetables. I feel like it's really good for my native pains. Um, but yeah, I I built ninja fruit mostly for like a medicinal strain. It's not very high in THC. It's more of an entourage effect to give you overall comfort, like just to make it through the day and stuff. <clears throat> I try to build males. Um to pass specific traits on to future lineage um, as far as like flavors, efficacy, uh, you know, specific types of cannabinoid percentages. I know a lot of people are high up on high THC numbers, but I'm a fan of uh, entourage effect, many cannabinoids and, and stuff like that. So um, I do a lot of testing. I show the testing off on YouTube. I don't like to just Paul and Chuck I like to kind of bottleneck specific traits and kind of remove other traits. There are times where I'll leave like an F1 generation. So there's plenty of a variety in the gene pool to, to choose from. But I know a lot of people like worked work product these days, work seeds. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned YouTube. I know, you know, as part of sort of the a newer generation of of breeders that you're really heavily involved in um videos on YouTube, uh, and also Twitch, Kick, like all of these sort of new ways to get uh, this information out there and, and a lot of transparency as well. Um, tell me a little bit about just 
how all of that works because it's kind of new to me. You know? I mean, uh, even Instagram is new to me in a way. So, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about like this sort of new um, way to reach an audience and, and and get sort of your fans on board and 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 people that grow. Yeah. So I do a lot of live streaming, and at first it was it was a means to communicate with people trying to reach out. Um, so my friends and I, we play like Call of Duty or Halo and stuff, and we just live stream it and we'd have people come in asking questions or just trying to reach out and say, Hey, thanks for this strain, or it was nice seeing you at the event. So Twitch, um, kick, there's there's a bunch, you know, like Instagram does lives, TikTok, YouTube's always great because you could put up edited footage as to where the other ones are more live and raw. Um I think it's a great situation. It helps draw more people. You get you get to touch different demographics and just different areas of cannabis uh, users um, that you normally wouldn't really reach out to or really touch touch with, you know. Um, but yeah, it's great. I'm able to talk about all the new stuff, all the new genetics, show off the work, show off finished, you know, tested plants test runs talk about what i'm smoking um why did i breed it where is it available uh i think it's great it's it's and plus on top of that you could bring say you're you're playing video games or you're doing a live show you could bring in someone from the audience whoever's viewing via discord or depending on what app you're on you could you could bring them in so it's kind of like a co-host thing and talk to people immediately yeah that's really cool and i know another thing is uh, you know, your pricing seems to be um, more on the affordable side of things. I know you have like a lot of different big sales and, and things like that. Is that another way to sort of reach uh, younger people or people who may not have um, the budget to buy some of the, the, the higher and more expensive stuff that's out there? Absolutely. I have something for everybody. Um, the brand new grower just trying to start and get their feet wet all the way up to someone that's running thousands of lights in a commercial facility. Um, a lot of people, they they do mention that. They're like, why are your prices where they're at? And my explanation is, is my goal is to be in everyone's garden, and I want everyone to have the best sense of accomplishment. I want it to be as easy as possible. I want to do all the all the work for you. So when you go to pop the seeds, you essentially just have to give it a decent environment and good, good water and good food. Nice. Yeah. And, and aside from seeds, I, I see you also have a dojo nursery. Um, tell me a little bit about like the nursery, what, what that uh, entails and, and what's, you know, what that's <laughs> so the about. nursery, the way the nursery started, I, I normally did a lot of uh, clone trading and just, you know, getting, getting clones to people that needed them. So one of my buddies, uh, West Coast Gun Genetics, he is involved with some commercial facilities and mentioned like, hey, we could run a nursery and do, you know, help bulk, bulk orders for other commercial facilities around that need it or people that are looking for rare or hard to acquire genetics. So um, I was like, go for it, man. I don't, I honestly don't want to do any other work, but if you want to run it, I'll keep an eye on it and bring in, you know, true genetics that are verified and we could go from there and help people out so the past uh, handful of years we've been supplying genetics uh, across the u.s for anyone uh 
trying to acquire. Right on. That's really cool too. So people can get uh, clones, you know, verified breeder, verified clones as well. That's great. Um, tell me some of the, your favorite strains of yours that, you know, um, maybe aren't, aren't the, the ones that people necessarily know about, but ones that you think, um, shine out or shine through for you in particular, and, and you love as, as a personal smoke. I really enjoy the LA smog. That one's really good to me. That one is like a strawberry lemonade fruit punch OG. Like that, the exhale, that's the exhale you get in that order. Um, it's really special cut. Um, I use that for the red drink cross I did. So I, <laughs> I fell into the, uh, the hype of runts. So I reversed the runts and hit the uh, LA smog and that one came out really tasty. Another, those, that's the fem line. Uh, another, another strain would be like the basin banger. That's more of like your typical LA OG, um, with the runts way more on the gassy side. And then I did one called confection, which is Skittles to the runts, which is really good. Um, otherwise I did a strain for ill bill called cannibal Hulk. That one was like a weird freak of nature, like oopsie baby plant. So the story behind that, my buddy in Europe wanted GMO clones, but I was like, dude, I can't, I don't, I don't know how to get you live cuts out there, dude. Place kind of risky. So I just S1 the GMO and I was like, I'll talk to a buddy that's going out there. Maybe he'll, you know, he could bring some to you or whatever. So I made those <clears throat> pretty much femme GMOs for him just to pop and, you know, get an idea of GMO. But at that time I had a Goji OG that was next to it. And that's the cut I got from HGH Banff back in like, uh, I think 2014. It was like during the heyday of high times when they kept winning cups with that cut. So that one got hit. Um, I let it just seed out. It was outside. I let the seeds kind of fall around. They popped on their own uh, late <clears throat> in the season. So it started to flower really early. I got it to reveg and... Um, we just revegged it and flowered it again outdoors the next year it got really huge so i was working on that plant and did that that one for ill bill right like on that, one. that was very good tastes like orange tic tacs <laughs> nice oh i love orange tic tacs i think i had an addiction to them at one point when i was younger <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so let's talk a little bit about growing too um because i know you've obviously popped a lot of seeds um so let's start there um, and just talk about like, you know, what's your seed uh, germination philosophy? Is it directly into the medium? Do you do the, the moist paper towel method? Um, what's your advice for people that buy a pack of seeds and, and, and want to get the best results? Um, <clears throat> I usually try to go through each way, just throw some seeds. I'll have like just little test areas. So I'll do the wet paper towel method where you soak it, but not overly saturate it. I, I like to leave the paper towel moist, but not to where it's dripping wet. Um, I feel like when you do that, you'll run into problems where you'll start to rot out your taproot um, or build some type of weird growth or microbiological situation on the, on the taproot. It gets it slimy and it starts to just die out. Um, so I keep it moist, but not overly wet. I like to do you know, like where you just pour the seeds into like a little shot glass of water, let them pop from there. Um, sometimes depending on the tails, I'll go from just the straight water soak into moist paper towel, uh, or I'll just go straight into the medium, whether it's, it's cocoa 
or soil. I don't really do um, seed pops and like Rockwell little cubes or little cocoa starters. I've never, never done that. I'm not saying it's, it's bad or anything. It still works, but I just, I just, I've always done those two styles essentially, either just straight into the dirt after I pop them or, or back into the paper towel so I get a better little root. Right, right. Now, what about uh, your feeding philosophy? Do you have a particular uh, style of of, of uh, nutrients solution that you prefer? Do you mix it up, or what's your what's your go to with that? I'm more these days. I'm more like a synganic, so synthetics and organics. Um, a lot of the organic stuff when I do like the the top feed drip will cause issues. It'll get it'll gunk up. Um, I like, I like to run the synthetic to the top feed drip because it's just cleaner, easier to manage. Um, I don't know. I'm a big fan of just all like different mediums and, and like cocoa, soil, hand, I still hand water plants, I have automated grows. I just like growing <laughs> like any, any style, any way, like I'm always down to try new things and just work myself. Always try to learn something new every grow. Right on. Now, as far as um, breeding philosophy, we talked about that a little at the beginning, but can you tell me a little bit about um, male cannabis plants and, and choosing males for breeding, how, how you go through that process? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not sure if any other breeders do this, but I will run whole rooms. I have chambers where I do testing and breeding. I'll, I'll run full, full rooms, full tents, full chambers of just males just so I could see how it produces, if it produces any type of resin, what kind of smells it produces, the structure, the vigor. Um, if it's, you know, if there's any issues, how vigorous is it? You know, how resilient is that male? And then from there, um, I, you know, do pollinations and see what kind of traits that male's passing. I really enjoy building males. Um, I like looking at other breeders males and comparing mine to theirs uh one way i do some of the selection of my males is i'll squint once i get to the final set of the males i'm going through i'll kind of squint at them at you know their peak of flower and the more they look you know as like a female plant those are the ones i kind of lean towards you know on top of other traits like you know resin coverage on the plant what kind of, you know, smells or turfs am I getting from that male? Like my smash male is a, is a Skittles cross. When you look at the male, it looks like you do the squint thing. It looks like just chunky, big nugs. And then the trikes on the male smell just like Z. So it's to me, that's like, cool. That's that's where I want to be with that one. Skittles is annoying to grow. It's slow. It's <laughs> it's it's a pain in the ass. All right, so I wanted right. something to more vigorous, faster, bigger but still holds that Z and has a little more kick to it. So that male helps me get to that, that angle. Right. Right. Well, I know you also just, uh, just got back from Hawaii cannabis expo. Uh, I definitely have a bit of FOMO. I, I went for three or four years <laughs> to that event and it's just nothing better in February than being in Honolulu. Tell me a little bit about, uh, about that and, 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 you know, Without, oh, man. Make, make, without making me too jealous. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> so it, it was their seventh annual expo. I've gone to six out of the seven now. I missed the first one. Um, I have a lot of great friends out there. Uh, I have some in-laws on Big Island. 
Um, I have great rapport with a lot of the the guys that have been there that are really true to cannabis growing and the culture out there. So I'm very thankful and uh, just I'm just grateful for having the opportunity to just get out there. And number one, and then number two, be able to provide a booth for everyone to enjoy out there. Um, the networking is great. It's always good to come back and see like they're like, brah, thank you for the seeds, bro. Check out the flower. I grew it out, you know. So it's always good to see the the outdoor, the sun grown out there. Um, some of it's hit or miss, you know, but there are some some winners definitely. Um, and it's always interesting in in uh, I don't know the word for it. It's, it's uh, I'm just grateful to see people grow a lot of my genetics out there in the islands. Yeah, it's a great yeah, vibe. That's yeah. awesome. Such a great vibe. Such a unique and interesting uh, cannabis culture uh, in the islands there. Uh, but yeah, amazing. Can uh, So um, why don't you let people know how they can uh, find out more about you if they don't know and, you know, all, all the stuff, Twitch, YouTube, uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So YouTube is just Stoned Ninja, S-T-O-N-E-D, Ninja. Um, I have a website, dojoseco.com. I stream almost every day on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Stoned Ninja. Um, also on Kick, I'll do a multi-stream. So even if you don't like one platform, you could check me out on the other one. Way more chill. I know on Kick, there's no commercials or ads. So um, also on Instagram, Dojo Seco, um, underscore Stone Ninja as well. Uh, yeah, I think that, I think that's most of my social media. Discord, uh, this Dojo Seco, and then Stone Ninja Secret Top Shelf Club. <laughs> right on well thank you so much i i really enjoyed having you on uh i know your your love of the plant and knowledge shines through uh in hanging out and meeting you and, and smoking the strains and being able to uh to do that so thank you so much uh for sharing your knowledge and uh for coming on the show it's an honor i've i've always been a fan of you and your articles um very appreciate i'm it's it's a overwhelming feeling and it's it's crazy to just be standing on the shoulders of giants and being involved. It's 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 I'm very grateful. All right, on we'll keep up the great work and uh really appreciate it. Thank you, Stone Ninja. We will be back after these messages. Guys, this February, Seeds Here Now invites you to escape the chill and bring the tropics to your doorstep with their February frenzy, Pineapple Delights. Feel the warmth of the tropics in every seed with the flavor of the month, Pineapple, and breeder of the month, Atlas Seeds. Savor the juicy, bold flavors and robust plants. It's a month-long fiesta of fruity fun, fabulous savings, and a 20% discount all month long. So forget winter, it's pineapple time. Pineapple strains and Atlas seeds are here to brighten your days. Join the community, share your pineapple grow stories, and learn from seasoned experts. And mark your calendar. Warm up your February with their winter warm-up weekend. Find the perfect gift on Valentine's Day Love-a-thon, honor President's Day with presidential deals, and catch lightning deals at the end-of-month sale. So let's make February 2024 a month of tropical triumphs. Visit SeedsHereNow.com to learn more. and. Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use the promo code DANKOSHIP for free shipping on all domestic orders. So join us, share the passion, and let's grow the most vibrant tropical garden together.
All right, welcome back. We are so excited to be back with you guys here. This is the cultivation segment. And of course, it's been at least a fortnight. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and yes, this is a fortnight. And yes, this is a fortnight. Strain of the fortnight. What do you got for us? Uh, what do you got for us this week? Strain of the fortnight. <laughs> Strain of the fortnight. Hey, all right. Gotta love all that right. song. And a quick thank yeah. you to uh, to Gonja Gonzalez for creating that for us. And of course, it signals that this is the strain of the Fortnite. So what do you got for us, Dan? Yeah, so I want to go with Grapefruit Auto. Um, this is from Fast Buds. Um, it's auto. It's an auto femme. Um, so you just plant it, grow it, and and harvest. It's great stuff. Um it's only it's under $40 for a five pack of seeds. So really good deal, which you can also get another 10% off with our code. Um, auto feminized seeds are like a no brainer. You don't even have to change the light cycle. Just keep the lights on. You know, I would recommend uh, 18 hours on maybe if you want, you can push it to 20 or so on uh, per day throughout the whole life cycle. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, grapefruit strains are amazing. I've also heard a lot uh, of anecdotal evidence about grapefruit being very helpful um, for people who suffer from epilepsy with seizures. Um, several friends have, have definitely mentioned that the um, grapefruit strains are certainly uh, very helpful with that. So that's really amazing. Um, Fast Buds is, you know, pretty reliable and uh, well-known auto um, and auto femme producer. So, you know, you're not going to get uh, screwed over with this. Um, you have the the fast shipping uh, certified genetics from seeds here now. So really good stuff. And, you know, grapefruit, like I said, it's a, it's an auto. So it's going to start flowering automatically uh, when it reaches a certain height. Um, you don't want to do any kind of like real training or, or pruning or anything like that. That's just going to affect your yield in a negative manner. Um, you want to give the roots space, but you don't have to go overboard. You don't need five gallon buckets uh, or or ten or, or or larger with autos. You can really get away with like, you know, I would say two to four gallons. You know, five gallons tops um, for autos. Otherwise, you're just basically wasting space because um, the roots aren't going to really get all the way to the bottom uh, before they're finished anyway. Um, if you're growing them hydro, uh, I'd say that's a little bit different. You do want space for the roots for sure. Um, because, you know, the bigger the root, the bigger the fruit. Uh, but uh, again, you know, you can do them in individual buckets. You can do them in, uh, you know, rock wool or grow rocks or pretty much anything. Uh, and basically around, you know, 85 to 90 days after you, you plant these seeds, um, you're trimming and harvesting. So, uh, check out Grapefruit Auto Fem uh, from Fast Buds, uh, $38.88 for a five-pack from Seeds Here Now. And uh, there you have it, Grapefruit Autos from Fast Buds, available at SeedsHereNow.com. Yeah, Seeds Here Now coming through. They got the 20% off for everybody in February. So a good time to get some seeds, start your grow. And that was the strain of the fortnight. Excellent strain of the Fortnite. And now, as our listeners know, uh, each episode, Dan likes to uh, bring up a topic that's going to help you become 
a better cultivator. So what do you want to discuss this week? Yeah, so this week I want to talk about solventless concentrates. Um, this is not necessarily really a grow topic, but it's something people ask me about a lot uh, and something people enjoy a lot, uh, myself included, um, and something that's changed a lot over the years, obviously. So um, I just want to cover a few of the terms here. Um, the original solventless concentrate is basically charis. You know, that's hand-rubbed hash uh, from the Himalayas, from from Nepal, from India, from uh, the the those type of regions uh, where people have been producing charis uh, traditionally for many many years. Um, then you have traditional hash, which is slightly different because it's basically uh, pressed uh, dry sift or keef sometimes referred to um and keef is basically uh a either dry sift which is when you take the leaf or flower uh and you keep it over a silk screen and you collect the dry uh glandular trichome heads that fall through the silk screen um typically that's referred to as dry sift now you can do that um just sort of shaking the the leaf on the screen you can do it in a tumbler where the the leaf and the bud sort of tumbles around. I know there's a few machines that do that. Um, uh, Mila's uh, isolator and uh, several other machines that that do the tumbling process with the silk screen around a sort of a barrel uh, shaped tumbler uh, where the, the, the keef will fall through as it tumbles. And then there's also a dry ice method where you can use dry ice um, to sort of break off those gland heads uh, and and have them fall through that silk screen. Now it's important the size of the screen as well. I mean, you just want gland heads as much as possible. Anything else is considered a contaminant, including the, the stalks of the trichome glands. Even though they do contain some essential oil, they are considered a contaminant. And of course, any uh, you know leaf, you know pieces of leaf or or anything else is considered a contaminant. Dust, um, goat shit, <laughs> whatever else might get in there. Uh, is the contaminant. What you really want is gland heads only. So like I said, you can do that um, by uh, just shaking leaf over and, and butt over a screen. You can do that with the tumbling process and you can do that with uh, uh, dry ice, uh, basically amongst the leaf and the flower to break those gland heads off because when they freeze, they break off um, and fall down. And again, that is the way uh, that you would also get bubble hash but with ice water. So rather than using dry ice and, and a dry process, um, you use ice water, very cold ice water um, with bags in, in there of varying different size screens. And uh, basically uh, the ice in the ice water and the coldness will break those gland heads off. The gland heads will then sink to the bottom. And then as you pull those bags out with uh, you know, the largest uh, gaps in the screen being the first bag that you pull, that bag is going to only have your your leaf or your trim or your um, flower material that you're using. That's going to pull that out. Um, then the next bag will pull out your uh, your ice water extraction or your bubble hash or your isolator, different names for it. But basically, uh, you want that to bubble when it's exposed to heat. Uh, and it'll only do that if it's just gland heads that you're pulling out. When you when you pull that bag out, you're going to see what looks like wet sand on the bottom. 
your job then is to basically scrape that up, collect it, and immediately get all as much water out of it as you can and, and get all the water out of it as soon as possible, really. So um, there's varying techniques for that, um, but it's very important to get that water out. Um, and there's, there's a number of different size screens, um, different size trichomes. So different strains will actually yield differently in the different screens, 90 IU and the 150 and blah, blah, blah. So there, it's important to understand the different screen sizes and what you're getting from each screen. Um, and then it's also very important to get that water out. Uh, and then, of course, there's live rosin. Uh, rosin is uh, processed through a press. Uh, and then cold cured for for you know several weeks to a month at least. Um, it's very terpene rich uh, and very tri uh, and and the gland heads are basically squeezed. So tr in traditional hash, you would take that dry sift and you would use mild heat and pressure uh, to press it into a brick. But if you take bubble hash or keef and squeeze it in in, in a really strong press, it'll actually melt those trichomes glands together um, and extrude uh, an almost like liquid consistency rosin that comes out of there. Um, and that is a dabbable product that's produced without any sort of solvents, not to be confused with live resin, um, which is used with uh, a hydrocarbon, you know, typically, uh, uh, you know, PHO, uh, which is butane extracted, hexane. And there's there's a number of different hydrocarbon solvents that you can use to to make something called live resin, diamonds and sauce, batter. All those things are 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 using uh, hydrocarbon uh, for their extractions. And then those hydrocarbons um, need to be pulled out, and those solvents need to be then uh, purged from that material. That's the difference between solventless. Uh, and of course, people will tell you, you know, water is the ultimate solvent, but, and, and you do need to get that water out, but it's not like butane where it's an actual explosive gas that um, can really cause damage. Uh, not only if it's in the room left behind and all of that sort of thing, if you're doing this uh, in an amateurish way. Uh, so I don't recommend for anyone to make any kind of hydrocarbon extractions uh, unless they are in a laboratory and they are familiar uh, with chemistry and and actually chemists, <laughs> to be honest, um, with all of the precautions uh, in place. Now with solventless, the worst thing you can do is uh, freeze your fingers a little bit in that ice water. So it's a lot safer to make, and I believe it's a lot safer to consume uh, for the most part. I mean, obviously there are very clean hydrocarbon extractions, but uh, that's you know it's hard to tell without knowing and 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 I've definitely smoked <laughs> smoked and vaped a lot of uh hydrocarbons that still have uh solvents in there especially in the early years 10 or 15 years ago so that is sort of a rundown of solventless concentrates uh you know what you can get out of your plants uh to concentrate them without uh dealing with any sort of solvents except ice water um and a nice strong press to get out your uh, rosin. And these are great dabbable products that you really don't have to worry at all about uh, creating or consuming. So that is my uh, solventless concentrate rundown. There's obviously a lot more to learn there, but I wanted to at least make you guys familiar with the different terminology and what those different, how those different products are made.
All right. There you go. Good growth tip. Yeah, rosin really changed the game. I remember when uh, we were we were using hair straighteners <laughs> to create tiny little drops of rosin, but um, <laughs> come a long way since yeah. then. Yeah, so. squeezing individual buds, you know, right. for, for like half a dab. For half a dab. Absolutely. And it's just an interesting process. The idea that, you know, you can just squeeze a flower the way that you squeeze an olive to make olive oil. You can squeeze a cannabis flower to make cannabis oil and um and you know concentrate it which is fantastic and if you're you know if you know if you grow your own and then you make your own solventless extraction you really have no no worries as far as uh you know pesticides and concent you know concentrating anything that you you don't want because you know everything that went in absolutely okay uh, so now it is time to move on to the question and answer phase of this show. Uh, if you have a question, get in touch with us. You could do that by email. That is uh, info at growbudyourself.com. You could also get us on socials or on Patreon. So uh, let's jump in with D-Man, our old friend D-Man. Haven't heard from him in a minute. So uh, D-Man writes, Danny and Mike, hey dudes, you guys are the bomb. I have two questions. Uh, when purchasing seeds online, are the pictures accurate to how the plants will look at harvest time? <laughs> That's a good one. It's like the before and after of a diet <laughs> pill uh, ad. Um, and question two, uh, I got a pack of seeds where during flowering, they seemed to be hermied out. However, there were only a few male flowers, which I picked off. And the end result turned out well as they didn't seed my other plants. The company says that the seeds are stable and they haven't had any issues. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, hopefully I'll see you guys at the Emerald Cup in May if you attend. Uh, so, yeah, Danny, what would you say here to D-Man? Yes. So as far as purchasing seeds online, and the, are the pictures accurate? Um, you know, if if the seed bank has been around for many years and is reputable, um, for instance, if they're part of the Seed Bank Hall of Fame that I put together years ago uh, for high times, uh, there's 50 seed banks there that that are listed that are have been around for years, have great customer service. Um, those are the ones where you, you're more likely to see accurate photos. Of course, they're going to pick the most flattering photo <laughs> to sell their seeds. They're going to tell you, you know, the lowest possible flowering time. Um and, you know, they're going to describe these things in very loving terms. And the photos obviously play a major role in that. So, you know, the the, the photos are accurate for the most part with the reputable companies. Now, with the fly-by-night companies, you never know what you're going to get. So uh, it's really important to do your research. Make sure you're purchasing seeds from, from reputable breeders. Uh, and in that way, I think those photos will be more accurate. And, and if you're just choosing based on... Uh, what you see in a photo and how cheap maybe the seeds could be if it looks too good to be true uh it probably is and so i would be a little careful um i wouldn't really it, i would be more interested in seeing the pictures uh of uh grow reports from people that are independent that have grown those seeds out so you can go on the forums and and search around and see um even that can sometimes be compromised but i would do that uh rather than necessarily trust the breeders to uh always show you exactly how it's going to look and it only looks that way if you grow it out perfectly and properly um so that's important too as far as the seeds that hermed out for you i think uh you know there are a lot of strains where uh, a few a couple of male flowers will will 
pop out towards the end, little bananas um, that don't do a lot of damage. Uh, it's a risky game to play because if they come out a little early, they can seed your crop, and those seeds will usually be those preemie little white kind of crappy seeds. You can't really plant them for any reason or anything. They're just kind of infesting your flowers, uh, and that's very annoying and 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 very unwelcome <laughs> of a of a development. So I would say, uh, you know, if you're still having if you're having success, I mean, a lot of Southeast Asian and African strains will tend to do this towards the end of flowering. Um, put out little bananas here and there, and you can pl either pluck them off. Uh, if you ever, if they ever open up, I mean, they're, they're going to pollinate your flowers. If it's, you know, a day or two before harvest, uh, no worries. But if you still got a couple of weeks to go, you might get those little white Hermes, Hermes and, and that's very annoying. Um, so I would, you know, keep going if, as long as you're not getting seeded plants um, and you're happy with the genetics, uh, Keep it up. If the company says they're stable, you know, that that's a little questionable and iffy there. You might have had a couple of light leaks too, um, or stressed those plants out somehow. But ultimately, if the product came out okay, that's great. And uh, I hope to see you at Emerald Cup in May as well. I uh, don't have plans yet to attend, but hopefully uh, maybe somebody out there who owns a, a company that wants to have me at their booth or, you know, fly me out there for it would be awesome. But uh Either way, it's a wonderful, amazing event that I've had the pleasure of being a part of, and I would love to uh, be a part of again. All right, there you go. Thank you, D-Man. Hope that helps you out there. Let's move on to Timmy. Timmy writes, uh, hey, guys, I love the pod, and I'm liking my new hoodie. Uh, quick question. I'm growing outside and found the girls grow much better with a cover crop of wild flowers in the pot. Is there a cover crop you'd recommend? What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I mean, cover crops are amazing. Uh, they play a number of different roles. Uh, obviously, they sort of break up the soil a bit. Uh, if they're a nitrogen-fixing cover crop, uh, you know, there's like rye and, and peas and things, uh, clover, vetch. Those will help fix nitrogen. So you grow those out and just let them, you know, trim them, trim them down when they're up and, and let them just sort of, uh, compost on top. Um, they work as a mulch. Uh, they fix nitrogen. Um, they, if you're growing outside, like you said, they attract uh, pollinators and and that can help uh, with certain bug issues. Uh, but there's also a bunch of other ones. I mean, there's buckwheat and alyssum. Um, those help protect your soil, uh, help suppress weeds, which is great. Um, I mentioned clover and rye, uh, oat, wheat. Uh, beans are great. Bean uh, bean plants will also give you an indication. They're like a canary in the coal mine uh, because spider mites love them. So they'll typically attack those low-lying low lying beans first, uh, and then you can basically realize, okay, I got a problem. Uh, pull the pull the beans and uh, and then deal with the uh, any mites that may have migrated to your cannabis plants. Um, so you know, there's a lot of amazing cover plants uh, or cover crops that you can use. Um, even some that repel bugs uh, as well. Um, I, you know, the, the list goes on and on. Uh, chrysanthemums uh, are great. Um, some plants will also uh, help bring in predatory bugs um, and really sort of prevent pests. So, uh, and, and, 
cover crops also protect your your soil during the off season. So if you're growing outside in a garden, uh, it always helps to have something out there and not just have your soil bare um, throughout the winter because uh, you could definitely lose uh, topsoil to rain and wind and things like that. And just really always great to have cover crops uh, with your cannabis. And especially when you choose wisely and especially when they give back um, rather than pulling nutrients out, they help add add nitrogen and other nutrients to your soil. And so I highly recommend it and uh, hope uh, hope that works out for you. Indeed. All right. Thank you, Timmy. Uh, let's move on here to BC and MN. BC and MN. He writes, uh, hey, guys, I've been listening since way back. Way is in all caps. Since way back, I finished my first grow and I'm three weeks into my second grow. Years of listening to your podcast was a great help. I appreciate it. In grow number one, I had four photos by which he means a uh, photo period uh, seeds. I had four photos in a two by four tent, which I understand is tight. I feel like that might have affected my yield in grow number one. In grow number two, I'm growing one auto and three photos. My thought is once the auto finishes, I pull it and it gives me more room for the photo stretch. Am I missing anything that may plague me by doing this? Thanks again. That's BC and MN. What would you say to that, Dan? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it'll work out fine for you. Uh, the only issue there is uh, you're going to have to grow the photos under 12-12 in flowering. So the auto is not going to get as much light as it could if the photos weren't there. You could bump that up to 18 or 20 hours per day. Um, so, you know, you're not going to get as much out of the auto as you could because the other the other three photo uh, period plants are going to need that 12-12 in order to flower. Um, now if you wait and you keep the auto and the photos both under, you know, that 18 hour veg lighting system, uh, and you pull the auto, the photos are going to be pretty, pretty, pretty big by the time you switch to 12, 12 and the autos had a full, you know, two months to flower or so, uh, you're going to have really big photos. So I would say it's going to work out fine for you. I just wouldn't expect as as high of a yield from the one auto plant that you have as you would if you had all auto plants. All right, that makes sense. We hope that uh, helps you out there, BC and MN. Keep us posted. Also glad that the show has helped you out there. This, uh, this one came from Facebook. <laughs> I like this. Axel writes, uh, hey man, I'm having issues with my High Times digital subscription. Do you think Danny can help me with uh, finding <laughs> someone to contact? I'm sure wow. you're going to get right on that, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, neither Mike or I has worked for High Times for almost four or five years now. Uh, so yeah, we really, I don't have any information for you. It is their 50 year anniversary this year. They started in 1974. Um, and, you know, the brand is a, a, a brand that uh, is well known. So I would hope they, you know, they can turn around whatever these issues might be, but I cannot, cannot help you with that. Uh, I would just do your best at trying to contact someone who's uh, currently working uh, for that brand um, and good luck. Indeed. Yeah. Sorry about that, Axel. <laughs> Best of luck to you. In the meantime, um, you could always tune in to Grow Bud Yourself for great cannabis uh, content. 
And that is going to do it for the Q&A portion of the show. If you have a question you would like answered on this show, get in touch with us. You could do that by email, and that is info at growbudyourself.com. You could also get us on the socials or on YouTube or Patreon. So um, how about we take a little break, come back, and then wrap this one up? Let's do it. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors that has been with us since the beginning, uh, Excelsior Extracts, uh, made up of Outcast and TOH from Excelsior. Um, they've been incredible people, incredible growers, and made an incredible product. Um, unfortunately, a year ago or so, we lost uh, Outcast, our friend Elaine, and uh, I certainly want to send out uh, all my love to uh T.O.H. from Excelsior and all of her friends and family, um, just a tremendous loss to our community, someone who really helped um, with a lot and including um, the THC infused pain rub um, that was made by patients for patients, providing incredibly powerful relief from pain. Um, the product was used, was developed to treat outcasts, chronic pain. Um, so you can trust me that this is a super potent topical, uh, really works. Um, a lot of topicals just don't have that the the amount of THC to provide the relief, or they have a very perfunctory amount of CBD, um, and and this is a, a a salve that works, a real pain rub. Um, you can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. Um, that's E X C E L S I O R E X T R A C T. S, Excelsior Extracts. You can DM them to learn more about the amazing pain rub. Uh, don't forget to tell TOH uh, that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. And uh, we love you, Tommy and Elaine. And uh, we really appreciate all the support of, over all the years. All right, welcome back. This is the wrap. Please do not skip this because I've got some great deals for you guys. Seeds here now. Danko Ship gets you free shipping on all seeds from them. Sweet Leaf Nutrients, Danko 15 for 15% off. Excelsior Extracts, check out their THC infused pain relief rub on Instagram. And Prime Superior Inoculant, the code there is PS420 for 15% off. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank uh, Mike, of course, co-host, producer, and all-around badass. I want to thank Stoned Ninja of Dojo Seed Co. for coming on the show as well. Um, all the Patreon supporters, you guys are amazing. Uh, I would love to see more of you guys, so please uh, join up if you're on there. Contact me. Let me know what you want from us. Uh, would you prefer YouTube videos on there? Would you prefer audio? Would you prefer live streaming? What you know? What what can we do? to get you guys on there and to keep you guys on there. That's what I want to know. Um, of course, vapor.com, our affiliate, any kind of vaporizer you want to buy, uh, whether it's the Puffco, the Peak, the Pro, uh, anything out there, Volcano, uh, the, 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 the Mighty, all of the amazing products that are out there, uh, you can get literally 20% off. I don't think you can find a 20% off discount in a lot of places for vapor.com. But the code is GROWBUDYOURSELF20 for all one word, GROWBUDYOURSELF, and then the number 20 for 20% off anything you want. Uh, papers, vapes, CBD products, whatever you, whatever you're, you're in the market for, they have it at vapor.com and you can get 20% off with our code. 
Um, thanks to our YouTube people. Thank you guys. Um, everyone who supports the show, uh, Jacques and Winstrong. Um, I can't believe it's episode 127, uh, but here we are and it's over. So why don't we put it in the books? <laughs>